Nigga, what's going on? You are here with the North Star Podcast, Simba Ali. I got some. <coughs> we are smoking. <coughs> I'm drooling and spitting. <coughs> Damn, I got some shit called. Uh, what is this shit called again? What is this shit called that we got? G garlic mustard and onions. God damn, this shit got my forehead sweating. We are smoking. We are here, the North Star Podcast, talking about the latest shit. I don't know if I'm ever gonna meet up with any of the guys from my old neighborhood. I don't know if I'm gonna meet up with anybody from Street Kings, from music, anything. After listening to this shit, I'm fucking scared. Cause I know niggas have been talking about me like this. I know for a fact that. Out of everybody that I know from the old neighborhood, everybody that I knew from music, I guarantee that they talk about me like this when my name is brought up. And I thought it, actually, I didn't really put too much uh, energy into it. But then when you hear how Wack talks about Nipsey and how Wack talks about Big U and and you would think like street niggas, y'all don't gossip and talk like this. Everything's street and tough, right? Like, damn, these niggas be, I wonder if my name is brought up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd bring old Simba Ali. They would call me something else. They would call me Malcolm from Street Kings. Or if Monk is brought up, sometimes Monk from, you know, if that name is brought up, motherfuckers probably. I'm be like, oh, motherfuckers probably talk bad about me. Fuck that nigga. He got that white girl. He in the white world. He's a sellout. He's a, I'm, damn, nigga. Shit. Let's keep going. This is, this is what we're talking about today, too. We're going to talk about a few other things on the podcast. We're going to talk about Megan Thee Stallion's great, great interview on the Gail King. Is that is is her thing called a show? Whatever, Gail King. Baby Oprah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about all that today. But right now we're on whack one hundred. We're on street shit. And I gotta stop doing this too. This is another thing. I'm trying to pull my toes out of the out of the street nigga water. You know it's tough. When you grow up, you know, entrenched in hip hop like I was, it's one of the first languages I learned. I love hip hop. But I slowly have to make sure I pull myself out. Because of the dangers that come along with that goddamn, 
there's dangers that come with hip hop. Listen to this shit, nigga. They're talking about Nipsey Hustle was fucking someone's. I'm trying to put this together. This is what I'm trying to figure out. So they're saying that Nipsey Hustle was fucking another record exec. This is what the, the story is translating to. I got people in California. I got people all over. Like I told you guys, I want my goddamn credit. When the Megan Thee Stallion, Tory Lane situation first happened on my podcast, I came out. You can go check the fucking records. I got it on Instagram. I got it on all my clips. There's no way to run from it now. Now I can get my credit because now I have my, um, I have documentation. But I said that this was all over the baby in the manger. I clearly said that to people. I clearly said that Tory Lanez, I wasn't there, but I can tell you what happened because I'm a nigga. Our shit isn't complicated. That's what makes me upset. When people try to act like nigga shit is, oh, what? It's easy. One plus one. That's as far as niggerdom goes. When crime, with, inter- with anything. That's why we don't own any sports teams. That's why we're still playing the fucking game. The first black player played in the NBA or baseball or whatever in the fucking, when was it? The 60s? The 50s, the 40s, we're still fucking playing. Because one plus one in the Negro world, we don't go past that. So if somebody gets killed, it's easy to figure out. We 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 have a tendency of trying to <laughs> add other people's shit. White people are the people that plot shit out and shit. Whites and Asians, and <laughs> they'll plot some shit out. But wait a second, man. Was it the cashier or was it the... <laughs> Not niggas. It's very simple. One plus one equals fucking two. So, yeah, I'm listening to Hassan Campbell just leak this fucking audio. But anyway, back to the thing. I guess what they were saying is that uh, in order for Nipsey Hussle to get into that world where his records would be into that world, you know, those doors. Noriega talked about that. You guys hear the Noriega clip? He said there's doors that you go into. There's the sacrifice door. There's the gay door. There's these doors that in order for you to be something, you got to go through them. Everybody can play basketball. Everybody can tell jokes. Everybody can act. Everybody can sing. Everybody can play football. If you want to be that star, that global icon, you got to come through one of these doors. So what they're saying with Nipsey Hussle is they're saying that in order for him to get through his door, he had to, I think the fantasy of the record exec, one of the big record execs, that from what I'm hearing, he was at, is it Capitol? Is Capital the one that's signing all the, the shooters and killers and gang members? Is that Capital? That's right now. I got to. I'm all over the place. But anyway, the hot record label right now. Cardi B. Where's Cardi B at? Wherever Cardi B is at that record label. But um, in order for that to get in order for Nipsey to break into that world, he had to have sex. He had to fulfill a fantasy of a record exec, which was to fuck the record exec's wife. In a threesome. And they say that Nip was fucking her from the back, yelling out neighborhood crip. This is what Wax said. Don't get mad at me. I don't know. This is what Wax said. You guys are going to hear him. But we're going to play it. But he said he was Nipsey Hustle was fucking old girl from the back. And she was sucking her husband's dick. And Nipsey Hustle pulls her hair and pulls her mouth off of her husband's cock and begins to tongue kiss her after a, she's freshly sucking the cock. Now, everybody knows that every bitch that you kiss has sucked a dick. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The lips have been around a dick. Whether you want to admit it or not, them lips have been on a dick. You know what I'm saying? But 
it's the recency. <laughs> that, that's what makes it's like just recent, like just happened. Like you can taste the rainbow. You mean like you can taste the rainbow? You mean so? And this tape, this is the tape Wack has. Wack has this goddamn tape. Okay, shit. I don't know if I want to see that. I don't know. I see. I don't feel how about Nipsey. He's not my hero like that. When I got put on a Nipsey, um, when I went out to California, and my homeboys who are infatuated with that, you know, that lifestyle, they let me know when I came. Like Nipsey is all everybody's listening to right now. And then I got put on a Nipsey. So this isn't heartbreaking evidence. This isn't heartbreaking news to me, like it would be if Tupac. Like Tupac is my rapper. Like anything happening with Tupac, then I'm gonna be hurt inside. I might not reveal it, but I'm gonna feel it. Anyway. Let's keep going with the comp. But that's what they say when everybody's like, what's this gay shit with Nipsey? That's what they're talking about. Record exec. Wanted to fulfill a freaky fantasy with Nipsey. Fuck my wife. Tag team wrestling match. And there's going to be some rainbow tasting. Let's, let, let's, let's keep going. But that's what we're talking about today. But like I said, God damn, man, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm going to be meeting up with anybody. I'm going to have to, we'll have to text. I'm going to keep all my relationships with niggas who idolize street culture and value street philosophies and shit. We got to just text each other, man. I don't want you Negroes close to me. I told you guys in the last episode, didn't I? Was that the last episode? When I said you got to stay away from niggas because they'll, they'll try to kill you or they'll make you kill them. That's their only purpose. Or get us, or get us locked up. Criminality or you're going to put me in a situation where I got to kill you or you're going to kill me. We can't just coexist. You'll never coexist with a nigga. Just look at Hassan Campbell. This was a perfect fucking atmosphere to win. Hassan Campbell, Takashi 6ix9ine, Wack 100, and fucking DJ Academics quarterback in the thing. How the fuck did this go wrong? Because you can't put niggas around. It don't matter. There's going to be an ulterior motive. Now, we'll go into what I believe happened. Like I said, I don't know. I believe that everything was fine. I believe that Wack wanted to pull Hassan Campbell in. I'm, I'm trying to decipher because when you listen to <clears throat> street niggas are stupid. We're going to do some clubhouse surfing today. We're going to jump in the clubhouse room and just hear what's going on. But street niggas are dumb. They try to overcomplicate shit. And the niggas outside the streets try to undercomplicate shit. <clears throat> but anyways, what it sounds like to me is that everything was fine until DJ Academics said that Hassan is going to be like the new big YouTuber. And it seemed like that kind of threw a rift in whack. Whack kind of, it's kind of like you being with your bitch and your bitch being like, oh, that nigga got a nice, he's a tall nigga or something like that. Now you have to stunt on this nigga in front of her to let her know he ain't shit. Do you know what I mean? That's what I felt happened. I felt like it was all good until DJ Academic started to praise Hassan Campbell a little bit too much. And then that threw whack on the on the defense or whatever on the offense. I'm sorry, put whack on offense. That's what I really think. But when I listen to the conversations, <clears throat> it, it's difficult to kind of decipher because you know that it, it, when you listen to the real conversations, I think there's two of them out right now. There's one, and then there's another one that goes a little bit deeper. When you can hear um, whack and Hassan talking about come out to the West Coast and come on out here, and I talked to K Slay. He said you was a shooter and. Man, you got to come out here to the West Coast. We're going to do it big. We're going to do it big. To me, <clears throat> that seems like the lineup. It seemed like to me, Wack was trying to line Hassan up even then. And that's why I say a lot of people have to be careful about what you're listening to. And I think street niggas do know that. 
when you're listening to Wack talk, if you're in the street, then you know Wack might not mean everything he's saying. He might be trying to throw bait to lure the fish. You know, you throw bait in the water to get the fish to come so you can snatch them. That doesn't mean that you're giving them free fish. It looks like that, but I'm just throwing things out there. Anything to get you to come to where I want you to come. So by Wack speaking like that, so openly about Big U, about Nipsey Hussle, about all these things. And then it seemed like that's the kind of thing, because I have to put myself in Hassan's place. That would be enticing to me. It would show kind of a rapport, like, damn, like you talking like this to me, we must have some, we're, we're building a bond. That would make me feel comfortable getting on a flight going, you know, to hang and see what's going on. You see what I'm saying? That's why I, I've learned so much as a podcaster. I learned a lot from this from this situation. I learned a lot from the Charles White, the Charleston White um, sit down. We'll talk about that more, but let's let's see if we can get a little bit more on this. Well, it's not our own world. Drink champs, you know, they went a bar for this shit. You know what I'm saying? Our own centralized locations. Yeah, that's what I was. And that's what I'm actually working on for myself now too. You need to bring your punk ass out here, nigga. Super Bowl, we got. I got. Now see that's the that's the fish that's throwing bread into the water. You need to listen to this. You need to bring your punk ass out here. He's trying to tell him, come on out here, Super Bowl week. This you can already tell this is a conversation from February. So they've been talking for a while. Do you guys kind of see what I'm saying? So this is either part of the lineup or they were really establishing a friendship that went wrong at some point when they did the big interview. Let's keep going though. I got a club with little baby them on Saturday night. Then I, I got the studio booked out over there. Everybody flow through, but it's us. We got the whole main room. Need to pull up, nigga. We have a ball. You see, his name dropping. You know what I'm saying? I got a little baby. Yeah, you know I mean, I got a little baby. Then we're gonna get Roddy Rich, and then we're gonna get Cardi B, and then we're gonna have Coyle Ray. All these names to a person that's all about content, and to a person that needs to that would like to be seen in these crowds. If Hassan was able to be in that crowd, hanging with Wack, and get pictures with Roddy Rich, and get pictures with Coy Ray, and to get pictures with um, whoever the other artist, if, if he was to get be in that atmosphere, that's good content for him. That that You see what I'm saying? So this is the enticement. Let's keep going. What is that? Um, Saturday night, I got... Club with little baby, so I got a, got a section there. Tuesday we shooting a video with Kanye West, the Easy Song, game Kanye. I got the studio booked out all weekend, so nigga, we need to pull up, nigga. Bring your punk, hey, Snow Billy punk ass pulled up by himself, nigga. If you're missing out on the NFT boom because you think it's a fact, God damn it, that goddamn commercial. So, <clears throat> so now he said Snow Billy pulled up by himself. You see what I'm saying? So now the enticement happens. I want to play this. I don't know if this fucking commercial is going to play when I got the volume down. I need that thing where you can skip the goddamn ad. Skip it. But so now Wax enticing him with Snow Billy came. Do you see what I'm saying? You got to be from the streets. And that's what makes me different than a lot of these podcasters. Hassan, Charleston White, Doggy Diamonds, all the bloggers that are on YouTube in the street niggas that come from because they're street. They don't have the intelligence. Charleston White does. Charleston White has that intelligence that he's able to use on street niggas. But sometimes when you have the intelligence, you can't see the street angles. And that's what they do. They're able to see. But sometimes it shocks me 
how street niggas miss shit. And I got to bring street niggas. And I'm like, nigga, I wasn't, I ain't been in the streets in a minute, nigga, but I, you can't smell the fire, nigga. So this is what I mean when I say it feels like this is part of the setup. Like this is whack trying to get Hassan out to Cali to do something to him to say I be to do, you know what I mean? Cause that's good for whack. That's good content for whack, man. We fuck Hassan Campbell up. A lot of people want Hassan fucked up. I was listening to the new uh, Pusha T album. <clears throat> God damn, that shit's, what's it called? It's Almost Dry. The new Pusha T, that shit is fucking crazy. Neck and wrist don't lie. But even he on the album said, Hassan, with any of you niggas, I'm disinterested. And that's what I'm saying. That's how far Hassan's name. Hassan has a very big name. Hassan Campbell, as far as street niggas. Street niggas, if you're a street nigga, you hate Hassan Campbell. So, and that's what uh, Pusha said, Hassan, with any of you niggas, and I'm not fucking around. So, I think that Wack was trying to, especially for the street niggas, if he can get him out to Cali and, and kind of put him in a situation where they lump him up on camera, Hassan runs, kind of like um, 40 Glock. If they can get uh, Hassan Campbell in a 40 Glock position, that's beautiful. He can run with that content for almost the whole year, fam. We'll be talking about that for like literally the whole fucking rest of the year of 2022. That's just a fact. And I think that's what was the play. And I'm trying to figure out, well, was he trying to be friendly for real or was this the lineup? But the more that I'm listening to this conversation, it feels like a lineup because he's jumping all around. He went from come out to Cali. We're going to have Roddy Rich out here. We got Lil Baby out here. Fuck it. We got Kanye. Like, who the fuck? You ain't coming for, nigga, you can, Hassan Campbell, picture that. Hassan Campbell in a picture with Roddy Rich, fucking Wack 100, and Kanye goddamn West and Lil Baby. Like, come on, man. You need to bring your punk ass out here. I'm ready to go, Wack. I don't give a fuck. I'm ready to get my ass whooped. I know what I've said. I've said some crazy shit. I'm willing to risk it, Wack. I'm coming. It's me, Simba Ali. I'm on the next flight. My, my wife will be like, babe, don't go. Something might, shut up. You don't know. This is street nigga shit. This is black thing. I would use the black card on her because she's white. Yeah, babe, this is a black thing. I'm getting on the plane. Just, I'm finna be with Khan, finna be with the big dogs. So then he sprinkles that, but then he uses the other. That's why I say Wack is a goddamn mental wizard. <laughs> this nigga is a stratinari. This nigga is a goddamn stratinari. Because he goes for the, the celebrity shit, and then he says, nigga, Billy Otto. Billy Otto came out here, nigga, solo dolo in a polo like Method Man on Belly, nigga, rolling solo dolo from state to state. Feel me? What, you pussy? You pussy, nigga? Billy came out here solo dolo in a polo. You pussy, nigga? You ain't living that shit you talking? A lot of strings are being pulled now. Your next answer has to be a correct answer. No is not looking like the correct answer. Why would you say no? <clears throat> you got Kanye West, you got the celebrities, you got content, and not to mention... A street nigga that you talk about was just out here. Let's let's finish listening to the audio. They'll fuck me up. Failed in my spot, bro. And you talking about that's supposed to be on this weekend, Valentine's weekend? Not this weekend. And this weekend, you know, Super Bowl Sunday out here. See right there, you can see Hassan Campbell's a little bit shook up, but he knows he's recording. But this is the he asks him that question like 30 times. So that's this Saturday, right? Um, so talking about Valentine's Day. Um, yo, I might be able to work that out. Valentine's Day, um, you talk about Saturday, right? Um <laughs> half of that is him just keeping him on the line and saying shit to keep whack talking. Another half of that is I think Hassan felt the 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 pull. 
Nigga, like Wax said, nigga, I'm a wolf. Nigga, you better be careful fucking around with a wolf. Nigga, and I think Hassan felt them fangs. So, nigga, let's keep listening. This shit's. Oh, crazy. so this week. Bring your punk ass out here. Come fuck with a nigga, bro. Come fuck with a nigga, man. Come fuck with a nigga, bro. You got to get your actors out here now. Oh, wow. He just got here yesterday, bro. He just got here yesterday. He got here to be Roddy Rich today. He out here, bro. God damn, that's a lot of name dropping. Now, I don't know. Is there anything else? Let's see if, if anything else plays on there. I think that might be pretty much it. <clears throat> damn, Roddy Rich. He said, I, I bet it's... It don't even matter, bro. <laughs> you know, damn, what you mean? You know, and my team fucked up. My team was red and blue. Right. Red, blue, and ass things. I got all... They know that. That's one thing they know about shit is unorthodox. You know, I'm playing this one. He said Nipsey got killed by his own homeboy. Yeah, nigga, that's what he said. I'm sorry, you guys. We're listening to YouTube. I just found this click the fucking footage. He said, yes, that's what he said, my nigga. God damn. Don't you start. What did he mean by that? What do you think he meant? Shit, fuck it. I can't do it. You guys got to listen to it on your own. I can't I can't take the chance of niggas coming in unless I'm going into Clubhouse. See how this nigga, what did he mean by that? What the fuck do you mean? What did he mean by that? Ah. So anyway, that's what's going on. And it, it, it's just, it's just, it's a whole messy situation. It's just messy. I feel that it fucked Wack up a lot. I really do. I think Wack is great at playing off like it didn't. It might not fuck him up. As bad as maybe I think, but it, it it hurt. It hurt his reputation for because um trust is is a big thing once you get to that level. I gotta know that I can trust you. I can't feel like you're a two-faced person that's talking behind my back. Um, and one of the things that is so enticing about whack whack and um presentable, one of the things that it's a likable quality about him is that it seems like he's going to say what he feels. It doesn't seem like, like that conversation, it doesn't seem like he would, he would, it seemed like he would let Big U know that off top. It seemed like he would let everybody know, I don't fuck with you and I feel these kind of ways. He would let Gilly and Wallow know that off top, that he's squeezing him. He would let Nori know that, that he's squeezing him. So, you, and, and that's, that can be deciphered in any kind of way that you want to do it, but the whole conversation itself just looks, it looks messy in a bunch of different reasons. One, Hassan, if you felt that way, and now Hassan, like I said, if you listen, Hassan Campbell um, illustrated why he recorded the conversation, and he said it was because Wack was insensitive about his incident with Bambada, the child molestation case. So he said that once he did that, <clears throat> that the gloves were off, and he started to put the play in motion to expose Wack's uh, conversations that they were having. And my whole thing is why not just address whack right then? Like that, that's where, like, that's what makes me a little bit confused. And that's why I say <clears throat> I'm a different, I'm cut from a different thing because I would have to address, I'm not going to set you up. I would, I would probably think about that. Like, damn, I should have did that later. <laughs> like later on in the day, I'd be like, damn, I should have fucking recorded that bitch ass nigga. But my first initial thing, once you say something, is going to be, let's get this shit correct right now. Right now. 
And that's what I learned about podcasting and, you know, as far as when you sit down with street niggas, um, street niggas are always going to try to challenge, especially another black man. And anytime a nigga and another black man in the room, it's just going to be hostility. And I've spent a lot of my life trying to quell, trying to quiet, trying to stop that hostility because it's mainly the cause of black on black murder. The fact that two black men, you put them in a room, they'll instantly want to compete to show I'm the better one. For some person behind the curtain, we'll talk about that on another podcast, but that's what we do. And so it makes a very dangerous situation where the only kind of street Street niggas can only be in a room with black men that are subservient to them. You can't have a bunch of alpha males in a room in street culture. They'll get into it. They'll fight. They'll be a quarrel and they'll be murder and killed. Alpha males in street life will never come together. See what I mean? They, they just won't do it. So that's why whack can be with act. That's why possibly him and Hassan butted heads. You know, it's, it's, you have to be under me. You cannot be equal to me. I can't be around you. So I think that played a lot into it. I think that the fact that, like I said, Hassan or DJ Academics, Academics Act, referring to Hassan Campbell as the new big YouTuber and giving Hassan all of these accolades before the interview, I think that kind of threw whack off. Like you're saying, like, nigga, what you think? I'm chopped liver, nigga. You know what I'm saying? I think like that's how whack felt like, damn, you know, I kept saying. uh, Hassan's the nigga. Hassan's the wild card. Hassan, Hassan, Hassan. And Wack is like, nigga, I'm the nigga. And that's just, like he said, the YA baby. When you come through the penal system like that, when you're a YA baby and you've been through youth programs and you've been to youth camps and you do have a way that you examine things. And like, and when the YA baby starts, when you start examining it with YA baby eyes, that those aren't real broad spectrum eyes. You know, <laughs> you know when, when you have a kid that's in a youth home facility, you know what I'm saying? When you go to juke or... Uh, Beta, that's what we called it when we were coming up. You nigga, you going to beta. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you're young and you get caught up. Can't send you to prison yet. Can't send you to jail yet. You're going to the youth authorities. You're going to the youth authorities. So you do develop certain keen um, instincts, but those aren't very good instincts all the time. They're good sometimes. They will serve you good sometimes. Sometimes they'll save your life. And that's probably the, the, the instincts that got whacked to where he is right now. So let's not act like they're useless. You just can't use them all the time. You know, you can't use those things all the time. And I felt that's what happened. I felt like he just got into that thing where he felt like, you know, a little bit challenged by Hassan. And so things just kind of went left. I, I, I just want to know, was it ever really honest? That's one of the things I want to know. Was there ever really any genuine friendship between those two at any point? Or was the whole time was whack trying to line him up to get him out to cali to do the beanie siegel you heard that in the conversation they were talking about they got the game got beanie siegel out there and it just brings up a lot of things that you know and i guess we're on the podcast so i'm comfortable i'm sitting here we're smoking we're talking but it brings up a lot of things that i just wonder about the murder nipsey hustle um people are saying big u was involved in it People are saying that uh, the Roman 60s had labeled Nipsey a snitch because of his working with law enforcement, trying to bridge the gap. And I hope that I'm waiting when people keep saying Nipsey Hustle is a snitch. I'm waiting to hear like snitch snitch. Like, no, not that stupid. Nipsey told on big uh, rib rack from Treyside. 
That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting to hear that Nipsey Hussle told on big or little rib rack from, from Eastside, nigga. He snitched, nigga, on paper. He's a rat. Don't tell me because that, 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 this gets really, really ugly. If, if the whole thing, if the thing that Big U allowed to fester is that Nipsey is a snitch because he's working with law enforcement to bridge the gap to, because we're not all criminals. Tupac said it best. The same crime element that white people are afraid of, black people are afraid of. We are not all criminals because we are black. You see what I'm saying? So, and if Big U was part of the, um, what we call it, the vanguard, because he would be above Nipsey. So if Big U was part of the people that were nodding to, yeah, that's some snitch shit, Nipsey going down there talking with the police, and that's what made Nipsey a snitch. So when people are saying Nipsey a snitch and they're referring to that, no, Nipsey didn't tell on anybody, but the fact that he was working with po- police to try to, uh, better relationships between minorities, black and brown people in urban communities and law enforcement, that snitch shit to street niggas who make their living with the corruption that goes on in our community. The fact that we have so much corruption in black and brown and minority communities, the street niggas love that. They wouldn't have anything else to do if it wasn't for that. Kind of like, like I say, with the criminal justice system. What would a probation officer, a clerk, a judge, what would you do if there really was no crime? So I bet that you are almost, if at the very least, very least, I guarantee that the judges and the probation officers and the clerks at the very least, if they're not in on the crimes and if they're not in on making crime at the very least, they go to bed at night and pray, please let crime continue so I can have a job to go to. Same thing with street niggas. You know, most street niggas, 99% of them have hands on destruction in the black communities. And they're the reason why we can't produce How do you produce if you're killing your kids at 16? How many black boys died at 16, 15, 14 for gang shit? We don't know what he could have cured AIDS. He could have been the next revolutionary leader. He could, we don't know what they could have meant. You're killing your prospects before they can even get out the house to junior high school. So they have hands on destruction in our community. But then the ones who don't, the ones who be like, okay, I'm not necessarily the worst guy. You ain't trying to stop it. You pray that it continues so you can have a job to go to every day. Street nigga. You know what I mean? So when I hear all this about, you know, Big U and the fallout between him and Nipsey and um, like I said, it, it gets shaky. It's almost like Big U knew about this tape with... um. This little sex tape. It's, I don't know, man. It, it gets weird. It get, and why isn't Big U and Lauren London and um, Nipsey Hussle's brother, why are they at odds? You see what I'm saying? These are questions that have to be answered. Now, I'm not, I don't know anything. I'm in fucking, I'm way in Minnesota. What the fuck do I know about what's going on in California? I don't know. Big U could not have done. It could just be a fallout, nigga. That's what I mean. It could just be, nigga, hey, nigga, we got into it right before the nigga died, nigga. I didn't, you know what I mean? I can't help that. You know what I mean? Some shit happened. And that's real life shit. I've had shit where like me and my dad weren't the best place when he passed. You know what I'm saying? Life is like that sometimes. Sometimes a person passes and y'all ain't where it looks the best. Damn, I wish we could get a redo or fix that. It wasn't the best. We didn't get to mend that before he, you know what I mean? That's life. And that could be what happened with Big U. A nigga, me and the nigga fell out and then the nigga gets fucking clapped on some shit fucking with a nigga who claps niggas. 
Now everybody's looking at Big U like I had something to do with it because I'm all Big U powerful. But nigga, come on now, nigga. So we got to give Big U that too. That could be Big U's position. Nigga, I ain't got nothing to do with that, nigga. Yeah, me and the nigga fell out before he passed away. That's life, nigga. I wish it wouldn't happen like that. I wish me and my nigga could have got really good back and good before that happened. It didn't. But still, there are things that are leaving questions. There are things that are that are just weird. How come shitty cuz isn't feeling any pressure in that world? Like I said, now we're in your world, Big U. Hey, man, Big U, I'm not in the... But in that world, I can make sure that nigga's uncomfortable, nigga. He took away little homie, nigga. Fuck wrong with you. Right? So it just seems weird. Um, Big U's, the fact that... Uh, WAC 100 was alleging that Big U is the one that was putting out Nipsey being a snitch. He was on Clubhouse with, I think her name is Kita, and that's Big U's daughter. It's his daughter or his niece, Kita. She has a room in Clubhouse. Um, I think it's Sleepless in Los Angeles or something like that, but Kita. And she was pressing whack like, nigga, who you talk about? Nipsey's a snitch, nigga. Who told you that? And Wack got very, very strong. If you, I don't know Wack, but I listen to him a lot. Um, he's very entertaining. I try to catch him when I can. And he got very stern and said, Kita, I'm going to say this and I'm going to leave it alone. And the whole room got quiet. That's why Wack is a, ah, man. And I know street niggas like this. I know street niggas that are like Wack. I grew up with one, my best friend's brother. My best friend's brother, Quincy Blue. His old, I'm looking at B.C. His older brother was like whack. His older brother was just like whack. Dangerous in the street sense, but also had a brain and a mind for what the fuck do you be thinking, you goddamn Machiavellian nigga? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you so Machiavellian and shit, but you're a street nigga? So anyway, so um Kita was like, oh, you calling Nipsey a snitch? You calling Nipsey a snitch? And the room was like, what's up, Wack? And Wack quickly said, Kita, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to leave it here. The room got quiet. He said, the nigga that told me Nipsey is a snitch, I believe that nigga's word over everything. Kita, do you hear me? I said, I believe the nigga's word over everything, and me and this nigga got a history that go back to killing. And Okay, Kita, you listening? Now, now that I've said that, Kita, are you, and then nobody was talking. Everybody was like, damn, why he keep saying Kita? He said, so I'm telling you, the nigga that told me Nipsey is a snitch, I believe his word over Jesus. If Jesus came down, I believe his word over Jesus. So now, Kita, do you want me to say this person's name? This is how whack. Ooh. Everybody else was like, yeah, nigga, say the name. Because they didn't want picking up on it. Kita was like, nah, you ain't got to say the name. It's good. I was just saying, yeah, because you know it's your uncle or whoever Kita is. If that's his daughter, it's that. It's that. And now you're going to be in trouble. Because you know where we come from. You should have left whack the fuck alone. He gave you ample time. He said, do you want me to say the name? You're supposed to say no. And she did. That's how you know Kita from the like, okay. ah! from the shit. She didn't fall into the trap. A lot of naive bitches would have been like, say his name. I don't give a fuck. Say his name. And now you don't know you're fucking with a wild card nigga like Wack 100 going to say the name. And it's your fault. I, I told you, let's leave it alone. You said, say the name. Now, you either said it because you thought I wouldn't or you said it because you don't know. 
either way, you should be on here fucking with me. <laughs> so anyway, it just seems weird. So like I said, it, it, it leads to the fact that Big U is the one that put out there to the little homies that Nipsey was a snitch because of his um, working with law enforcement. And, and that's, a, that's a horrible thing. And then you have the um, fight between him and Big Sam. And that's, that's just, that's that street culture, though. That's what I mean when I say when you see Big U, how he's sitting down with Stephen A. Smith now, and he's got the checking in. Let's talk about that for a second. Checking in. Does Jimmy Iovine have to check in? Does Nick Nolte have to check in? You know what I mean? I'm just asking, does Elon Musk have to check in? My question is, why is it that black men, and this goes back, did you, did you guys hear what I said about how we're killing our young black men before they get to grow? Because you have somebody like Big U, who, if I'm, he's got to be 50, almost 60. Yeah, Big U's got to be almost 60 years old. With a podcast called Checking In, which is the promotion of any black man that makes it in rap. Fuck that. It's not in rap. I'm sorry. Any black man that makes it in anything. When you come to L.A., you need to check in with gang members and involve yourself with gang members. You got to check in because you're black. Do you guys know nobody's going to nobody's going to dance with me on this one? Because that's what I mean. Nobody. When Conor McGregor comes to L.A., he doesn't check in. He checks in with the fucking Secret Service. He checks in with the police. But he doesn't check in with gang members. Why do we have to do that? Why can't we just look out for one another? Hey, man, if anything I can stop, I'll stop it. You know what I mean? I can't, you know, if something comes across my desk, hey, them niggas is about to go kill Pop Smoke. Hey, don't do that, man. Don't do that. No, I'm not co-signing that, nigga. Stop. That's not what's up. What what can we what is you niggas trying gonna kill him for? What is, what are we trying to get, nigga? The nigga got some jewelry. Let me let me call him, nigga. Let me let me call the nigga and try to come on, man. We black, we brothers. What the fuck is going on, man? Let's get Zimmerman. Can we try to make Zimmerman check in? The KKK has a a couple bases in California. Can they check in? Can we make people check in that it might be some fight back and it's some? Why we got to make niggas check in who play sports? Coming in with their wife and kids. Why we gotta make Pop Smoke check in? He made it out of his neighborhood in fucking Brooklyn. And now he has to check in in California. Can't enjoy the spoils of his 18, 19 year old life. I gotta check in. But why do I gotta check in? Because the elders and the vanguards who are supposed to be talking like Simba Ali, you're 30, 40, 50 years old. You're supposed to be talking like Simba Ali, Charleston White, Hassan Campbell. When it comes to street shit, come on, man, we black, but we're going to get into that. A why it's black doesn't mean anything anymore. Black has been replaced with hip hop. But anyway, so so when I hear that big U goes back to the street culture, like I said, I, these are things that I'm just now finding out now because I fell down a fucking wormhole listening to this shit. I'm listening to these conversations. What the fuck? Huh? And that's how I am as a journalist. I, when I hear something, now I got to go back to the Genesis or try to get as close as I possibly can to the Genesis, right? What the, where does this shit originate from? And when I hear about Big U and Nipsey falling out, because I guess, like I said, let me try to lead. If you're listening to the North Star podcast, and don't forget, get that Savoir Fair gear. Click the link in the bio. 
cop it. It's the best logo on the planet right now. Anyways, but if you're when when I'm when I, if you're going back in the story, like I said, I try to get as close to the Genesis as as possible, and it seems like Big U and Nick were cool until the studio situation happened. Situation happened with the studio where Nip wanted to take the stu- or Big U wanted to use the studio for something. Something happened with the studio. Maybe something happened prior to that, but that's where my genesis takes me. Everything was fine until something happened with the studio. And then um, Nip and Big U fell out. Nip came back and recorded a song. And the song had something like you like and he was he was saying you why oh you you know in the verse you you need to get you need to do this man you niggas you know what I'm saying but he was meaning it towards you it was a diss song for big you right it was a diss track for big you now Nipsey's a younger dude he's hot he's a younger dude he's a young artist he does he's starting to get a little bit more uh, influence in California through his music I don't think he was as famous yet at this point, but he was starting to get on the radar. So more people were already starting to know who Nip was than Big U was. If you were outside of the 60s, you didn't know who Big U was. But people in different states and, you know, he's starting to catch the wave with his hip hop. So when he did this diss song, it was heard by a lot of people. It wasn't something that was just in the backyard. This is a big song and you're dissing a a very well-known and rightfully he earned his stripes. Big U earned his stripes. He's a fucking triple OG out here, okay? So when you do a diss song on a triple OG, a person like Big U said, I'm not a rapper, I'm a scrapper, right? But it seemed to me like Big U had evolved. It seemed like with the help of the Nation of Islam and years in the penal system and taking gunshots and seeing Tupac die and all the things that Big U has had the privilege of witnessing, it seemed that he would be a seasoned, 40 50 year old person so when he hears this song uh where nip is dissing him naturally come come holla at me little nigga you see what i'm saying if that's the way you feel let's let's talk about this man to man but then when the young nigga retracts it and says my fault big homie i was emotional i went too far then as of now, if we were back in the hood, then nah, nigga, we still got to get him up because reputation and now I can't walk around with niggas thinking you. But fam, with the help of the Nation of Islam and the penal system being shot, Tupac and Biggie and everything that I've witnessed, once you apologize as my little homie and say, I'm sorry, big man, I'm young. I, I fucking jumped out the window, my G. All right, no problem. No problem. Let's Let's mend this. You don't need to it's fine you know what i'm saying i don't need to protect some street reputation in gangland with you i might have to do it in certain situations to let the you know to let people from my tribe know ain't no pussy over here big you ain't no bitch but with you nipsey my as my little homeboy we can squash this i just want to know how did it get to the point when after nipsey said all right i went too far i don't big you kept pressing the issue of no you got to get DP'd. I want to fight you. See, I grew up with niggas like that. I hate that that bully type of thing. Look at Nipsey's skinny. He's frail. Now, if Nipsey's talking shit outside throwing rocks at Big U's house, fuck you, Big U. Come out, you big motherfucker. Fuck you. And fuck it. Then Big U got to go out there and body slam him. Nigga, what the fuck is wrong with you, little nigga? Get the fuck away from my house. You ain't, you ain't respecting the weight class. 
So, Big, you got to slam him. I'm all for that, nigga. But once somebody who was smaller than you, younger than you, weaker than you, everything, you see what I'm saying? Only thing he might be is more popular than you. But everything else, you, and then once that person says, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want it. I don't want to go into a physical altercation. Then we don't got to go into a physical altercation. Now let's get verbal. Let's figure out what this is about and come to some amicable um, solution to this. Because I got the help of nation and all. You see what I'm saying? So, but it seemed to me it, that Big U was pushing. Like Big U was pushing. He was adamant about, no, Nipsey, me and you got to fight. I want to fight you for this. You know what I'm saying? To the point where Big U, where, where Nipsey's father and big brother had to show up. Like Big U, my little brother ain't getting out the car. You know what I'm saying? I've seen this. And you would think this would be the final draw where a man, Big U, looking at the father of another young man, you're his dad. Damn, nigga. I wish I had a dad. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe Big U had a dad. I'm just saying, like, for the average hood, nigga, like, damn, nigga, a father out here talking to a gangbanger about, please don't hurt my son. How many times have, has this scenario played in the black community? Father. Black father talking to a big, dangerous, big you type shadowy figure. Please don't recruit or hurt my son. He, he sold some weed. He, he, he didn't get your money for the weed. My son, you get my son some weed. He fucked it off. Please don't hurt my son, big you. And how many times do we pray? And this is what I'm talking about. This old black lives. Shut up, nigga. I hope you all niggas go. Nigga, how many times does big you say, all right, man, pops, come here, dad. Let's talk. And you, big bro, come talk. It ain't no problem, man. I'm not going to put my hands on, little bro. I just want to have a conversation and make sure we understand that we don't cross this. You know what I mean? I would like an apology. You know what I mean? Like, damn, you put out a tape. I would like to apologize sincere. I'd apology like a man and say you went too far. Any of those things. That's when a dad says, Nipsey, get out here and apologize to this man. You know what I mean? But to for Big U to beat the shit out of <laughs> Big U, beat the shit out of Big Nipsey's dad. Big Sam, Black Sam, sorry, Black Sam had to grab the banger and fucking, hey, get off my dad, nigga. Why are we doing all of this, my nigga, Big U? I thought we Nation of Islam would, because I can't be seen like that by the Crips, and I'm gangbanging, and I'm repping, and I love this gangbang shit. Okay, then say that then. Say that then. Don't try to massage behind blackness and you're all for people in the football leagues. And don't try to massage that because you know black people care about. You know what I'm saying? If black people knew what you cared about, which is just gang shit. That's all I care about is gang shit. I don't, all this other kind of stuff is for the public image. So I can have commercials. So I can get on VH1 documentaries. So I can get in the movie world. That's the only reason why I kind of make it seem like I care about other things. I don't care about being good. I can be good in front of white people. Yeah, big, now big you, now Big U, ain't that funny that Fat Joe said that if somebody slapped him in the face at the Oscars like Chris Rock and Will Smith, he would contain himself. This is Fat Joe. I would say Fat Joe and Big U are almost probably close to cut from the same. Fat Joe, Big U probably did more shit than Fat Joe, but you know what I mean? Fat Joe, you know what I mean? It's not too far. Like, we street niggas. I'm sure that Big U would second that emotion from fat joe yeah nigga if i was at the oscars and somebody slapped me i would contain myself why can't we contain ourselves for nipsey hustle 
So that's all. That's 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 where I like I say things get a little bit shaky when it comes to the inevitability of the connection between Big U and Nipsey Hussle's murder that Hassan Campbell was making from the conversation. Um leaked audio from WAC 100. It's easy to make those lines when you add up the last days. Like I say, life is life, but damn, my nigga. Then you're going after 30% when he's dead. You see what I'm saying? At no point do you, when when does he become my, that's, you know what I mean? It seems like he's your enemy. And if he's an enemy of somebody as powerful as Big U. I mean, and those were Nipsey's last tweets. I just said that this is just natural. I got powerful enemies that, it's fucked up when you got powerful enemies. So anyway, like I said, this is this is just this this whole situation is very very weird. <laughs> and the fact that Takashi Six Nine was <laughs> the fact that Takashi Six Nine was like the, the not talked about thing in that whole thing. I thought he was finna light the room up. No, nigga, fucking Hassan Campbell took the show. Hassan Campbell took the goddamn show. DJ Academics, he he tried to warn you, whack. He tried to warn you, Wack. He said that nigga's the wild card. He said it. DJ Academic said it. He said this nigga's the wild card. They didn't know how much wild that Bubba Gong go be today. <laughs> yeah, he did. Hassan's the wild card, all right? The real wild card, nigga. That nigga, shit. God damn, nigga. You hear what that nigga said about De La Hoya? Damn. And that's all that gang extorting. Vanilla Ice. Extorting. That's fine. Ice, Ice, baby. I don't give a fuck. Nigga, get him, Shug. Get him, sure. Get everything you can, nigga. You shouldn't be fucking with our culture anyway, nigga. You got to pay the piper. I'm just saying, God damn, De La Hoya extorted De La Hoya with the naked pictures. Like, you niggas, that's why I say it's funny street niggas get mad. Like, he shouldn't be recording that some whole ass shit. I agree, but I can. You can't agree, street niggas, because WAC 100 nigga didn't record it. Ray J fucking Kim and extorted Kanye with a laptop and nigga De La Hoya nigga. WAC is one of them niggas that do that. Catch you slipping, I got you. So, WAC, you... And whack is almost, and the thing that makes me like laugh, and you gotta kind of have a sp- a, a small sp- spot in your heart for whack one hundred, because he is handling it like, hey nigga, fair game, you know what I'm saying? Like that's how whack's handling. He ain't crying, he ain't doing a bunch of bitching, he ain't gone. Whack's on nigga. Whack one hundred is on Clubhouse right fucking now. <laughs> nigga didn't disappear and oh I'm off the internet for a while. Whack. No, nigga, he's handling like a fucking gangster. Chin up, chest out, nigga, so what? Nigga, you niggas know I'm a wild nigga. Nigga, if you didn't want him killed, why you leaving with me? Like, nigga, <laughs> that's why you got to love Wack. And I'm learning from that, too, but I'm learning so many things. Like I said, when Charleston White came, me and him got into it immediately because I, and this is what I feel. I feel that everything was good between him and I until he started to realize that I'm different than the podcasters he had came around. Like he said, the pod when he came on shows, a lot of niggas were living in apartments. Um, guys just had lives where Charleston could pick it, pick them apart. And when he came, when Charleston White came to the North Star Podcast, I picked him up from the airport, got my own vehicle. Um, I got my gun on me, license to carry. I got the banger on me in my lap. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm real. I'm talking, I'm there. You know, I didn't put him in a hotel and have him sitting there. Brought him to the crib. He got to see the house. Um, Down south, like I said, he's from down south. And that white woman with a black man, that still has some stigma. And I respect that. Like, I, I understood that. I think that rubbed him a little bit wrong a little bit. So, 
when me and Charleston White start talking and I start jumping on the gangbangers, talking about these fucking gangbanger niggas, fuck these niggas. Well, Charleston White says that all the time on his podcast, but for some reason, he jumped to the defense of the gangbangers. Nigga, what you know about gang culture? Nigga, you ain't never. And that was like my first taste of how, oh, you got to be ready for this. You know what I mean? Especially with niggas. You got to be ready for this with niggas. Not, I'm, I'm always ready with anybody else, but when my own tribe sits down, I tend to relax. And I got to stop doing that. I got to be ready for verbal warfare because Charleston showed me that. He instantly jumped on the defense and, man, what you know about gang niggas? You ain't never gang banked. And I'm, it was puzzling because I'm like, Charleston, you don't give a fuck about gang. So I was in the mid, he almost caught me a little bit in the mix of a, uh, fuzzy moment where I was like, nigga, huh? You're defending the gang. Like I would know if I said something that I'm like, yeah, Charleston, you know, you don't like this anyway. So I knew when I said it, it might, and we can talk about it, but for Charleston white to get so upset while I was talking about gang members threw me off. And then it wasn't until after, cause it wasn't during, cause I had to calm him down. Like you see, he got up, he almost left. So, and that was right when we were just setting up. We were setting up the mics and shit, and I'm just talking and shit. I'm like, man, I don't give a fuck about no more gang nigga, nigga. Fuck them niggas. And he's like, oh, nigga, have you ever gang banged? Have you ever, what do you know about it? And I'm like, huh? I'm like, Charleston, what? it kind of caught me off guard. I'm like, my nigga, we're about to, I thought we were connecting on this. You know what I'm saying? We're about to have a good conversation about the shit that's going to be good for the people, and you're on the side. It threw, it threw me the fuck off. So I had to calm Charleston White down, and then, I'm, like I said, I was a little bit weird because I was thrown off. So now I just have to have a kind of normal conversation just to make sure I get the interview. So this wasn't all for nada. But what I realized from Charleston White and then especially from this WAC 100, um, DJ Academics, Takashi 69 and Hassan Campbell sit down is I'm like, I got to be ready for everything. That, that it'll never happen to me. I'm, I'm now I'm ready for what's going to happen, especially when I get in the atmosphere of niggas. They're going to try to fight you. So be ready for that. They're going to try to jump you. They're going to try to fight you. They're going to try to make a name off of you. Be ready at all times. They're not going to they're going to try to challenge you verbally because they believe in their nigga stupid world of nigga street shit. Oh, all you got to do is push back because they talk in front of computers all day. And if you just. Go back at them. They won't. They'll crumble. Nigga, not when you talk to a nigga that come. Nigga, please, that talks. See, a lot of niggas come from the streets and are gunmen. When a nigga's a gunman, he don't talk too much. You know what I mean? The talking is new for the gunman. When a nigga's a gunman, he don't talk too much. It's the drug dealer that does a lot of talking. And, you know, I got to talk and use, use my mouth and my sales ability. So, yeah, nigga, I don't crumble when you push back, nigga, if I know that that's what's going to happen. Now, if you catch me off guard, then you can kind of maybe, and my off guardness is just relaxing because I'm like, we're both black. We're both on the same team. I realize that you're not, you're not on the same team as these fucking monkey niggas. These monkey niggas are on the opposite team. So don't ever sit down in a street atmosphere and be ready. They're going to push back. They're going to try to say you're in a street and then they're going to try to prove it in a way. So be ready. They're going to try to say it and hopefully you've you know, fumble up and fuck up. That'll be good for them. But if you, if they try to say it and verbally challenge you and you win that verbal challenge, they're going to try to physically do something to you and you got to be ready. So I learned and I'm ready now. 100% ready for any sit down. Hopefully I don't sit down with you fucking niggas too mad. <laughs> like I said, I'm getting into the new world of sports. 
sports podcasting now. You know what I mean? I'm sitting down. I got another fighter that we're going to be sitting down with. This brother that does Muay Thai. Uh, yeah, I just got plugged up again. Uh, this is going to be great. This dude is, and it's a brother that does Muay Thai. I got a lot of questions for you, my nigga. Like, what the fuck is happening where we're not getting more in the MMA? But, well, like I said, we're going to have a great conversation with that brother. I got a couple more fighters that are going to sit down on the show. So I'm just going to start immersing myself in the sports shit. Stay away from the Negro shit. You guys seen the TNS uh, TV where I was talking about, like, um, Goon you. They, they always try to pull me back in. I, I had to delete that shit. I don't want to talk about hip-hop or any of that shit no more, nigga. That shit is just, I don't want it. I'm going into sports. Going into sports. What's my new sports show called? I got a sports show. What's my name? What's my sports show segment that I'm going to start doing? It's called the Wild Wolf's. No, the Wild Wolf Twin Vikings Sports Show. The Wild Wolf Twin Vikings Sports Show. That's my new shit. The Wild, the Wolves, the Twins, and the Vikings. Sports show. That's what we're going to be doing. I'm staying away from you fucking Negro niggas that want to shoot and kill. Yeah, nigga. Niggas try to blame academics for the fucking war in Chirac. Can you believe that shit? They tried to blame, and not even blame. They shit. They tried to say Ack had anything. The nigga didn't have anything to do with that nigga. Nothing. Just like the magazines didn't have anything to do with the East Coast West Coast war. That was you stupid ass niggas fighting with each other with all the guys. What the fuck is your problem? Ack, you're the re- boy. I tell you, niggas will not just take responsibility. That was us, man. We were killing. We were sending the footage. We were calling Ack. We were back and forth. Did Ack make a career off of that? Now, that's what you can say. You guys are saying the wrong thing. That's what Ack means when he says there's a IQ of 30 in the clubhouse room. Because you guys don't even know how to word the right thing, nigga. Ack didn't start the war in Chirac. Ack didn't fan flames on the war in Chirac. Ack, 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 DJ Academics. Sorry, we're smoking, we're drinking. DJ Academics didn't do anything for the Warren Chirac except make his career off of the Warren Chirac. That's it. Now, did he do that? Yes. Are you saying he shouldn't have? That's some hater shit. There's no way you can go around it. You can't get around it. If you're saying, okay, Ak had nothing to do with the Warren Chirac, but he did make his career off of it, and I don't think he should have do that. What's your other option? He should stay broke in his apartment in New York and work a job in a cubicle and be miserable like you just so he lives by the laws of some street nigga that makes up laws on the spot spontaneously. Street niggas are the only niggas who spontaneously make up laws that they fiercely adhere to. (laughs) You know what I mean? On the spot. Um, red is wrong. Wait a second. Who did we discuss? It's wrong. And kill that nigga with red. We're going to kill him? Yeah, kill him. He got red on. We didn't vote if red was wrong. You mean academics was supposed to not make his career off something that was going to happen anyway. Them Chicago niggas, it's something to water. It's something to do with the, what's over there? What's it? Rosemont Body Clinic. There's a Rosemont Clinic over there that makes a living off of dead bodies. They scoop all the vice lords and GDs and BDs and you niggas killing each other. They go and scoop the bodies up and sell the organs on the black market. It's called Rosemont. Yeah, nigga. That's what, nigga, please, don't blame Ack. Nah, don't blame Ack. Well, Ack, you shouldn't document the war in Chirac behind the television. You should get out here and really do it and be real. Like who? Zach TV? <laughs> Fucking motherfuckers. You stupid bitches. You, ah, yeah. Ack, you should get from behind the computer. Yeah, that's what Zach TV did. Zach came from Chicago. And tried to just be a cameraman, man. 
I'm just a camera guy, man, doing what you guys say Ack ain't doing. Ack is some fucking immigrant farmer nigga from fucking the Trinity Islands of, he ain't even a Jamaican nigga. He ain't even a Jamaican nigga. The nigga's from like Montego Bay, okay? So you got some nigga from Montego, from the resorts in America covering hip-hop. Zach said, nah, nigga, I'm from Chicago. I'm from the shit. I'm from the Robert Taylor homes. I don't know if that's where he's from, but I'm just saying I'm from the dirt, nigga. I'm from the low end, nigga. Nigga, fruit free lunch, welfare. I'm right here with y'all. Dreadlocks. I'm right here with y'all. Only difference is I'm going to pull my camera out and document this shit. What act was trying to do, but I'm going to be here with you and make sure that I don't let it get spun in a crazy way like how we wouldn't want it to be. Okay, Zach, what happens to Zach TV? He gets fucking trailed, followed, and fucking murdered. Murdered and killed. And then the same niggas want to turn around and tell Act, come from behind the fucking screen. Why, niggas? So you niggas can fucking kill me? That's the only thing you're going to do. You're not going to talk to me. You're not going to invite me over for dinner. We're not going to go out and... You're going to fucking kill me like you did Zach TV. Niggas, Zach was trying... Niggas, I was so mad, nigga. I... I had to take that episode. I was so fucking mad when Zach got killed. Nigga, I said, no, they didn't. And it wasn't even accidental. Like, like that's some shit as journalists we can take. Nigga, no, they wasn't trying to kill Zach. Nigga, Zach was just, you know, doing what Zach do with the camera. Niggas got the clapping and Zach got hit. Okay. Uh, you know, it's fucked up. My heart hurts, nigga. But okay, nigga, that's just what we do in the line we trying to document. Nigga's trying to kill Zach because he had a footage and he wasn't. Nigga. That's why I'm like, yep. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to meet the goals, goals full circle. I don't know if I'm going to meet anybody from those days. Street Kings rap. Um, let's just talk on the phone. I don't know where your brain is when it comes to that kind of shit. Cause I say wild shit to street niggas and you niggas get asshole hurt over something. You'll kill a nigga over something he says on the internet. Niggas die over internet and fucking a niggas bitch. And very few niggas die for murder. I believe that's a fair exchange. If you kill somebody, I think the proper payment is your life murder, nigga. But I don't think niggas should die because they took some money. I don't think niggas should die because they're the opposite gang. I don't think that niggas should die because he fucked somebody's bitch. I don't think that niggas should die because of a post on Facebook or Instagram. Or I don't think that niggas should die because of these things. That's just I think niggas should die because he killed somebody. That's just me. Ah, do do do. We're potting today. We are potting. Anybody calling in? You guys are calling. In. I'm not fucking giving you guys the number again to call in. You guys know the fucking number. If you guys want to call in, call in assholes. Um, uh, what's going on in the sports world? Let's talk a little bit of sports while we can right now. What's going on in the sports? World? Oh, I gotta watch that too. How's how's the playoffs looking? NBA playoffs are looking great. The Wolves are. Hey, you guys, get off the fucking Wolves, uh, jersey for a minute, can you please? A lot of people out there talking about the Wolves are celebrating. Nigga, we ain't been to the playoffs since goddamn Tom Gugliotta. Okay? Like, it's been a while. We haven't been to the playoffs since George Mike. And can you give us a break? All right? Pooh Richardson was the last time we went to the play. Okay? Can you give We ain't seen the playoffs since the Trail Spreewell. Nigga, color TVs. Like, damn, nigga. We, you see what I'm saying? So, fuck that, nigga. And then, of course, the Timberwolves blew a couple games. Didn't we? Goddamn right. Fuck, Wolves. We blew like three games. What are we down? What are we down? 3-2? What are we down? Yeah, we're down 3-2. We lost. Nigga, we blew three games, nigga. <laughs> but that's just young. Everybody relax. 
God damn, you guys act like we put together a team full of free agents and we had to get it done this year like the Brooklyn Nets who just got swept. Relax. Everybody, we, you know what I mean? This is a young team, a young nucleus. We're learning a valuable lesson. And we still, like I said, no, nobody knows what's going to happen. Do we play tonight? Do we play tonight? We play tomorrow. Tomorrow at 8 p.m. But yeah, uh, Series 3-2 there. Relax, everybody. Okay, we still could win this. And even if we don't, lessons learned. Carl Anthony Towns is young. Anthony Edwards is young. By the way, I would like to say I was, I don't know if I said that in the last episode, but I was fucking wrong about that nigga. I was wrong as shit. Oh, let's draft Lonzo Ball because he's light-skinned. Fuck that light-skinned half-breed nigga. I'm not <laughs> you know, I get real personal when the nigga, fuck that. We, we got the right nigga. We got the dark-skinned, 100% black slave sharecropper black nigga. That nigga is a beast. So that's what I'm saying. We got a young nucleus. Give us some time. We're going to learn from these lessons. And the next two, three years will be one of them young teams, just like Memphis will be. And that might be a rivalry. That might be a Western Conference rivalry because we're. this is how rivalries get built. Let it happen. Let it fucking happen. Because you best believe if they knock us out, nigga, it's gonna, we're going to have some feelings, nigga. It's going to be the Wolves against the Bears. And now I want to know what's going to fight what, what would win in the wild. Now I want to know if a grizzly bear could beat a very big, mean, angry wolf. I don't know. I want to see it in the wild. But either way, it's a rivalry. Let it happen. Oh, nigga, the wolves blew some leads. Yeah, we young, nigga. We ain't been here since goddamn Sam Cassell. Fuck. Shit. Uh, so what's going on? Yeah, the fucking Brooklyn Nets. That's who deserves the ridicule. You niggas got everybody. You need Blake Griffin, Ben Simmons, uh, <laughs> Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Clyde Drexler, Akeem Olajuwon, Kevin Durant, uh, God damn, nigga, James Harden, God damn, Kyrie Irving, God damn, and then you niggas get fucking swept? What the fuck? You niggas couldn't get one goddamn game just off pure we came to bust? It was up in Kevin Garnett's, I mean, it was up in Kevin Durant's fucking jersey. That's why, nigga. Nigga Kendrick said it. What the fuck? Nigga Kendrick Perkins came on ESPN first take and said it. Kevin Durant is getting punked. And Stephen A. Smith was like, what? What are you talking about? How could you say that? Nigga, I've never heard Kevin Durant. Well, you seeing it. That's what's happening. Nigga, I'm telling you, he's getting punked, nigga. And that's what's happening. Dribbling the ball off your foot, you ain't in mode. Anyway, what else is going on in the playoffs? The Bulls, they're out of there, right? <laughs> yeah, the Bulls are out of there. Uh, the Pelicans, they'll be out of there. Let's see, the Hawks, they got, or oh, the Heat got through. Uh, the Mavericks, they won. So the Mavericks, their series is 3-2. Mavericks, uh, Raptors, Sixers, 3-2 Raptors. Or I'm sorry, 3-2 Philly. Uh, Boston, they ran their, like I said, they ran the goddamn table on the best assembled team in sports history. Fuck going on on that side of town. Uh, the series between the Suns and the Pelicans tied to two. Um, like I said, Miami leads the Hawks three, one warriors. What a game. That was a great fucking game. Steph Curry, they're catching their win too. They're starting to play together and play like that team that they were before Kevin came and fucked up everything. I think Kevin Durant kind of fucked up just the, the whole thing. They had something going. Draymond green, Stephen, Stephen Curry, fucking clay Thompson, man. You can plug anybody around, but you got to keep that shit popping um so now they're up 3-1 uh milwaukee 
Did they finish theirs? I want to say they finished theirs. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, that's why I'm going back. Oh, I'm going down, down, down. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I am so sorry, guys. I've been just going through and not paying attention to what's going on. But anyways, we got the Bucks and the Celtics. They'll be meeting. It's going to be a good game. All right, let's get out of sports here for a minute. I'm, I'm just kind of surfing real quick. But um, what's up with uh, Megan... Megan the Stallion, damn. Megan the Stallion and Tori. Did you see her interview on Gail King? <laughs> like I said, I said that on my podcast. Tori Lanes went to the party, seen the baby in the manger, um, little Jenner, little Kylie Jenner, and he tried to push up on her. And anytime a black man talks to a white woman at the expense of a black woman, the black woman feels that she can do anything she wants and it's all right. And she can spit on them, she can pour gasoline on them. Black man, how dare you! And all this other kind of shit. And that's what happened. She, I told you she saw that she heard the sound like a Uma Thurman in Kill Bill. She all while Tori was swimming in the fucking pool with the baby in the manger. I said it already. What I didn't know is that Megan had kicked the window out right before the gunshots went off. I didn't know that. I did not know that Megan had kicked the window out because she wanted to get out of the car. That would explain glass in your foot. That would explain you saying there's glass in your foot. See what I'm saying? The bitch didn't even cry on Gail King. Like, bitch, cry. Fucking cry, bitch. Fucking, if we're going to do all this shit, you got the cameras, you got Gail here, you got me here, you got everybody. Bitch, fucking cry. That's fucking preemptive crying shit. Bitch, let the tears drop. Shit. That shit was just so weird and funny. But it makes me ask a bigger question about what is going on with the relationship between the black man and the black woman in the inner city. Not the black man and the black woman, I'm sorry. The nigga and the bitch. <laughs> what is the relationship between the nigga and the bitch in the black community? What's going on? You street niggas and you street savage bitches. Y'all just gonna kill. And then what's, what kind of friend are you, Megan? You fucking your friend. So this is the fourth guy that Megan has fucked of her friend. Damn, you demon evil bitch. And then now you want to set Tory up and try to fuck his livelihood up all out of jealousy? Do you think that that's worth that? You think because I'm sticking my dick in your funky, big, tall, you bangy black ass. You think because I'm sticking my dick in your big, tall, black ass. You think you own me? You think I can't fuck with Kylie? And if I fuck with Kylie, you think you have the right to destroy my life. Not just break up with me. Not just say, okay, nigga, I ain't fucking with you no more. I'm on to a new nigga. Like you always say in all your other songs. You want to destroy my fucking life over a mistake because I was at a party with you. Use their drinking all day with Kylie Jenner. You drinking all fucking day. Why are you drinking all day, you depressed bitch? You're rich. You ain't got nothing to do but go to white folks parties and gated communities in the hills and drink yourself drunk day drinking. Fucking savage hoe. So now Megan's drunk all fucking day. Then Tory Lane shows up. Now he want to act in Tory Lane's flirting with every bitch, you know, and no Tory nigga. I'm Tory nigga. Every bitch in this party wants a song for me. He's a writer. Got bitches coming up. Hey, Tory, can you write me? a song? Sure, bitch. I can write you a song. Sure, bitch. I can write you a song. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Tory filling himself in there. And now she got to go fuck his whole little vibe up. So now we got to get put out the party, Megan, because you want to fuck my vibe up, you and your friend and your drunk ass and all your problems. You angry drunk, I'm happy drunk. That's the difference. Your Honor, 
I would like to state for the record that Megan at this party was angry drunk. Tori was happy drunk because he was getting pussy. Fucked Megan a couple seconds ago. Fucked Megan's friend yesterday. And it was going toward I was going to fuck Kylie tonight. So I'm happy drunk. I'm not mad drunk. I'm Tori. I'm Tori Lanes. Daystar. So I don't want to leave the party. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Megan gets thrown out the fucking party because she sees me having a good time like most black women do nowadays. There's a new template. Black women and black men used to love each other all the way until they implemented this independent mind shit into black women and the street shit into the black man. It's just fucking us up. You got an independent black woman who thinks I don't need no nigga. And then you got a street nigga who's out here just being the worst kind of fucking man. You know what I mean? The worst kind of example of manhood. So it just doesn't go right. Anywho. You guys got to get the fuck out of this party. That's what Kylie said. You guys get the fuck out of here. So now I, I asked the question. I'm like, well, Megan, why don't you just leave with your security and your driver? Oh, Simba, because I'm fucking Tory Lanez and I've dipped out on my driver and my security and they're not supposed to be knowing it. Oh, so now you got to hop in the car with Tory and get the fuck out of there. Right. But now you, Tory and this other bitch are in a car and you guys are mad and you're yelling at Tory saying, nigga, you just going to fuck with the white bitch right in front of my face. And then who knows what slips out in the back seat while you guys are talking? Maybe her friend says, you just took him from me, bitch. Tory was my man. How you fucking him? You dirty bitch. And then, you know, a lot of things that come on the back seat. Anyway, Megan's mad. She says, stop this fucking car. She's all right. Megan has already been drunk and um, what is the word? Disorderly. Megan has already been drunk and disorderly at Kylie's party. Now she's drunk and disorderly in a moving vehicle. She gets out. I don't want to, No, she doesn't get out. They say she starts kicking the window. This is what people at the party with Kylie and Tori this is the people are saying guys got to do some research. Simba, how do you know this? Um, I'm making it up. I'm making all this up. No, it's out there. Go do your fucking research. They said that Megan was kicking the window and that she shattered the window. That's what they said. They said she kicked the window so hard with her bare foot because she's a big you bangy six foot nine fucking center for the Mavericks that she kicked the window and it shattered. And that's where the glass comes in her foot. That's why when the police said, what's in your foot, she didn't say anything else. She could have said metal or she could have said a rock. She said glass, glass, because I kicked the window out and I need you to know what's in my foot so you can get it out properly. If you use the wrong tool, you might push it in farther. So when the police says, what's in your foot, glass, because I kicked the window out on some mad yabangi basketball, Juana man shit. Let's tell the story how it fucking is. Don't go on Gail King talking about, he said, dance, bitch. I'm like, what am I doing here? We just be kicking it. I just, I'm the baddest bitch. What am I doing? Come on now. Let's, come on. Come on. Come on. So like I said, I told everybody what happened. I explained this when it happened. When it happened and the story broke, I said this exact thing. And all the black women were mad at me, my black cousins and every black woman. Nigga, how can you? You don't need nigga. I know how the fuck y'all is. Where? The, oh, my God. I'm sorry. I grew up in the suburbs. I'm sorry, you guys. I forget. I got to I got for my family and my friends. I got to kind of put this face. Oh, I forgot. I don't know anything about anything. I'm just good old symbol. I don't know. I grew up in a house. I never left. 
I just stayed in the room all day. I never robbed niggas. I never ran down Franklin with a bag full of pit bulls in a robbery when we were robbing the motherfucker. <laughs> no! I never sold crack on 29th and Aldridge. And no! I never robbed a nigga with a tech in the back in Cedar and Riverside and told him, no! Hey, family, I don't know how I talk about street shit. I'm just guessing. I stayed in my room all day and just looked out the window. Like, shut the fuck up. I talk about what I know. Ask, hey, you guys want to really stump me? Say, Simba, hey, what's it like on, um, what's it like in, um, the Bermuda Triangle? Ask me. Say, Simba, tell us what it's like in the Bermuda Triangle. I'll say, I ain't been there, and this conversation will be real short. I don't know. I've never been there, nigga. I don't know. But don't start talking to me about black bitches in the inner city and black niggas, stupid street niggas in the inner city. I know these niggas temperament. Like I said, one plus one is two. It's never equaled anything higher than that. Not in my years of observation. I've never seen a street nigga be like, oh, wow, three plus three is six. All we do is one plus one, one plus one, one plus one. Fuck out of here, man. So, yeah, she's setting, and then what, what really bothers me, like I said, something must have happened because after the police came, it seemed like she was with the cover-up. Like, look, whatever happened, because somebody was saying, they were like, why would she get back in the car? Why would Megan get back in the car if Tori shot her? I was like, well, if you knew he didn't shoot you on purpose, if you knew it was an accident, or if you knew the gun went off and, it, you know, there's no real harm, it was an accident, then I'll get back in the car. No, I agree with you. If... If Tori was shot me and said dance, bitch, and jumped out the top, little bitty ass Daystar with that high top fade that he's been having hair plugs implemented into his fucking lining, because nobody's lining that good after they suffer from alopecia, okay? But I'm just saying, no, if the nigga jumps over and starts busting at me, dance, bitch. No, I'm not getting back in the car with that nigga. Nigga might try to finish me off. Nigga, nigga might take, you know what I'm saying? You're Aaron Hernandez, nigga. We all seen Aaron Hernandez, nigga, the tight end from the fucking Patriots. Some of these motherfuckers are crazy. So, no, I would not get in the car with you and have you take me to an abandoned lot and then finish me off like Aaron Hernandez did. No, if a nigga shot me with his gun, clearly, and I was like, nigga, you tried to shoot at me, I'm getting in any car but yours. I'm getting in the police car. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm telling right then, nigga, you shot me. Nigga, nigga shot me. Nigga, get that nigga. <laughs> nigga, you shot me. I don't See, I don't know them street laws like that, nigga. Nigga, you shot me? My nigga, I ain't got a gun. You going to try to blast on me, nigga? Police, get that nigga. Yeah, that nigga right there. Get him. Yeah. And I'm sitting in your car. Can you guys squads? Squads. Squads. <laughs> I'm calling squads. <laughs> like the fuck is wrong? But she gets back in the car because she knows the accident. The gun went off. Nobody tried to shoot. It dropped. It fell. It busted. And the and the whatever I'm bleeding from is from me kicking the fucking window. Stop. That's why she tried to cover. And she said the glass is in my foot. Everything's fine. Nobody tried to do nothing. Something happened from that point when everybody went home to the next day. And what people are saying is that Rock Nation got in her ear. And I'm like, Rock Nation? Who runs Rock Nation? A white guy? No, that's Jay-Z. Oh. No, not a black man trying to destroy another black. No, Jay-Z. If Jay-Z is Rock Nation, then he would say, hey, Meg. Let's chill. Unless the nigga really clapped you, then come on, man. We don't want. If it was an accident, y'all was out drinking, the gun went off, and you know, let's just let's protect everybody. And mainly, what happens to the black man and black woman shit? Unless he tried to clap you. If he tried to clap you, then he reneged on that 
<laughs> you reneged on the bet, nigga. If, if we're protecting each other for black love, you can't go clapping at the black queen now. You know what I'm saying? You can't clap at the black queen if she ain't clapping at you. So, yeah, if Tory Lanez clapped at you, all bets are off, and we're going to fucking tell it. But if he didn't, and the story is looking like he didn't, the story is looking and leading up to the fact like Tory did not clap you. He didn't act like he clapped you. He came out right when it happened and said, I did not clap you. He came out with a whole fucking album called I Did Not Clap You. Like the whole album was, how does a nigga do an album that fast? It takes Drake and Kanye years to put together an album. This nigga Daystar, Tory Lanez, did an album called I Did Not Clap You. 12 songs dedicated to the whole night. That's why I really know what happened because I listened to the song. I'm like, the nigga's telling exactly what happened. Not in one song. You got to listen to every song and it's, oh, that's what happened. Yeah, nigga, I did not clap you. One of my favorite, that's not what it's called, by the way. It was, I can't remember what the name of the, the song, but it was dope. And then it had a bunch of songs on it, man. So yeah, Tori doesn't act like a nigga that clapped you. The story doesn't line up like he clapped you. But you're saying he clapped you. Then you get on Gail King and you can't cry like he clapped you. Like, did he clap you? I, <laughs> just, I hate this shit, man. You guys bring me to this hip-hop fucking world. Now if I see Megan, she's gonna... I'm gonna have to clap Megan. I'm gonna have to shoot Megan in the goddamn foot. Megan, thank you for I heard what you said, nigga, on your podcast. Shout out to everybody. Like I said, I was looking at my stats, man. We are fucking zooming, man. God damn, yo. Like, we are charting in, like, the thousands and breaking the 2000s. Um, shout out to me putting my, what is it, Blurberry? I think it was Blurberry where it's, like, you put it on Blurberry and it goes on every single fucking podcast network in the fucking world. But we are really rocking and rolling. I did, like, what did I do last episode? We did, like, almost 3,000 streams. Like, wow. Not too much from Anchor. I think I only did, like, 200, I think 100, something like Anchor. I like to get those numbers up because that's got the ad. I need to figure out different ones that have the ad. But we are fucking, these podcasts, you guys like this shit, don't you? I didn't realize that people love listening to this. And this is real good for road trips, too. If you're on a road trip and you're trying to drive somewhere and you just need something to fucking get you from A to R. The North Star Podcast is definitely one of those things. Especially how I talk about shit because I'm all around. Sports, making a sound, got clapped in the foot. Uh, what else is going on in the world? People are like, oh, nigga, why aren't you being, t- I told you guys I'm done. The curse of Malcolm X, nigga. My job now is to, I don't want to be a revolutionary leader. My nigga, shout out to KT. He just said, bringing his, um, shout out to Kali Terry. His daughter should be entering the world today. Can we get the. <laughs> God damn it. Fucking, I hate that. I always hit the wrong buttons when I'm not here for a while. But yeah, Kali is bringing his daughter into the world today. And he sent me a text. He was like, John Thompson, you know, he's trying to throw me the play, the alley play. That's what your friends do. When you got real friends, they think of you like B.C. When Quincy was alive, somebody came across him and said, hey, man, I'm looking for an actor. Ah, he immediately called me Simba. You know what I'm saying? Your friends think of you when something comes across the table where you're like, oh, like for me, if, if I'm out and about and somebody says, hey. I need, do you know anybody that's in like the juice business or has like their own juice? I'm looking for a juice company to like market. I'm not going to say, oh, I'm the nigga. Uh, yeah, he is. The fucking life juices. Kali, get over here. That's how friends do with one another. We try. We want to see you win. We want to, we throw our ideas to you. So that's what he was doing. Kali uh, sent me a, I think it was a text or through Instagram, a text. He's like, hey man, 
um, John Thompson, the guy that was on your show, he, he hooked that up, by the way. Kali hooked that up when I was at the MLK event because I couldn't get Dr. Umar Johnson. He was being too. It was a disconnect. It was a little bit of him being a little bit too Hollywood. A little bit, not much. It wasn't that. That was just a little bit of it. But a lot of it was, I just don't feel the same way about Dr. Umar. Like, he's not a person that I look up to like that anymore. When I first got my interview, um, what was the Hidden Colors? Hidden Colors just came out. Um, a lot of things. But now when I realize what Dr. Umar is, and I'm no knock to him, I, I support everything that he does and fucking opening a school and everything that he's accomplished, I'm, I'm, I hope that he does well. But I just don't have the admiration towards him that I used to you know, when I was when I was trying to chase him down. So a mixture of him being a little bit Hollywood and my admiration, me being like, eh, I'd rather just kind of interview these people over here. Like, I don't really have that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know what's going on with Dr. Umar Johnson now, and I'm not necessarily a fan as much. If it happens, it's cool. If the nigga walks up and says, hey, nigga, you know, let's sit down and talk for sure. But I'm not going to be waiting like a fan to, hey, Umar, you think now, um, now, um, now, um, now you know what I'm saying like nah fam I asked you once North Star Podcast I pointed I'm over there set up if it don't happen it, I'm not with that you know I'm not doing that anymore and I've, that's that's what's happening but anyway um I forgot the what the fuck was I talking about I don't know what I was talking about anyway sorry guys uh oh Kali shout out Kali is bringing his new daughter into the world so he was throwing me a play like hey John Thompson is talking about uh, the police murder that recently happened. He was like, man, you should, you know, put some of that content up, man. It'd be good, good content. And I just was like, you know, yay. Thank you. F- first of all, thank you, Kali, for thinking of me like that. But um, we did our sit down. That's cool. I am totally out of the black, the police violence and black lives. Man, I'm totally out of that. I, there's, that's something I'm anti. <laughs> and I got to be quiet anti. Can't be loud anti. I just have to not support it and just stay away from it. So I was like, thank you. But I can't, you know, I don't want to put things up on my page that I'm not with. I have to be with it and feeling it and wanting it. And you know what I'm saying? I, it has to be a part of me or my agenda. And Black Lives Matter, police, that's not what I'm focused on. Um, so, and, and that's just what, and he was like, oh, no, 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 no problem. I feel you. I was just trying to throw the alley. You know what I'm saying? I was like, no doubt. Yeah, I appreciate that. And keep doing it. You know what I'm saying? I, but I just don't want you to think that I'm not doing it because I don't see it. Or for some reason, I'm, I'm, I just don't rock with you know, Black Lives Matter or anybody crying about what police are doing and quiet about gang violence. I just just can't do it with a good spirit. You know what I mean? I understand I could put clips up and get good views and it would probably go, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to do anything that's not in line with how I truly feel and the things that I believe. So that was that. Uh, What else was we going to talk? Oh, black culture. That's another thing. Before we get out of here, I want to be careful about this. We're about to get off this. Thanks to everybody for listening to the podcast, all the truckers, all the Lyft drivers, everybody out there going to work in the morning. If you're on your way to work with the kids in the car, they're asleep or they're up on their fucking on their games, whatever it's doing. If you listen to the North Star podcast, I just want you to know. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, Like I said, I'm looking at these numbers and they are going up, up, up. Um, I guess I do have a talent for this podcasting thing, so we're going to keep doing it. Oh, I got a couple of interviews coming up, too. I think I might be on the Say No More podcast. Say No More. Sorry. I said, Say No More. <laughs> my, my nigga said, you don't say my podcast like the Four Horsemen. I'm going to be on the Say No More podcast. <laughs> the Say No More. We're going to be on Say No More, nigga. And um, I think I'm going on White Table Talks, too. So look out for that, White Table Talks. Those are two 
um, big podcast here in the city podcast that I love. And like I say, I'm just about free speech. If you, if you're a free speech podcast, you're going to, I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you and love you and love you. And if you a nigga free speech, Oh nigga, I'm going to love you, love you, love you. And if you a man, you a man and you free speaking freely from the shoulders about things, man, please, man. Oh man, you got my vote. So hopefully uh, we can hook that up pretty soon. Say them all in uh white table talks. I'll be on there. But what I wanted to talk about before I go out is that I want black people to be very, very aware that black culture is being substituted and replaced with hip hop. Hip hop is a multicultural transgender all-inclusive sport it's an all-inclusive culture it's an all-inclusive art form it's an all-inclusive form of expression but where that hip-hop comes from is the black experience in america which only one group can understand what it means to be a black negro afro african oh i'm sorry not african afro black negro nigga american only one group can understand what that feels like to be behind enemy lines, a prisoner of war. Um, and hip hop was the expression of that in its rawest form. Um, I believe other art forms and other musical forms were expressions. I believe jazz. Um, they try to make jazz like some American art form, but that's what happened. What happened to jazz is what's going to happen to hip hop. Jazz is the tempo of black people in America. That's what it is. There is no jazz without the black people that suffered from slavery. That's jazz music. There is no gospel without the middle passage the transatlantic slave trade and the antebellum times and the horrors that happened with slavery. There is no gospel. There is no blues to put rhythm to. This is a particularly, a particularly and a singularly a black experience, a black American experience. And all those art forms kept getting massaged jazz got touched by white people and they turned it into an all-inclusive thing now when you think of jazz you got white people jazz you know what i mean white jazz musicians that's not how jazz is a black art form that white people studied came around learned and then turned into a multicultural thing blues that's us but then you get elvis presley He'll go hang around some blues players. He'll multiculturalize it. Now it's everything. Now you got the Beatles and you got everybody thinking that they can do this rock and roll thing, which was, um, what was the guy that did rock and roll first? What's the guy's name that, that the Beach Boys took all of, all of his songs? I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank right now. But the brother that started, he, he, he recorded in uh, Chicago at, you know, they did the documentary about the brother and he did all the songs and he used to, dance with white girls and then they fucking arrested them for having a white girl behind enemy lines you guys you guys know what i'm talking about you guys but anyway the rock and roll that's us they multiculturalize it now the same thing is happening with hip-hop hip-hop more than all those forms because of the rawness of it and because it came from the streets like when jazz was around i don't think there was streets we had you know where we we kind of moved in our in our areas and 
in our speakeasies. Hey, what's cat? What's going on, cat daddy? You know what I'm saying? But when you're talking about a street culture, you're talking about hip hop. And for a long time, white people in all cultures had to kind of watch hip hop from the stands the same way that we participated in sports, right? Like we can play sports, but we can't own any teams, right? Like, no, you guys can't own the team. You guys can play. And that's why I say for hip hop artists, anybody should be able to express art. The Beastie Boys are a necessity. Vanilla Ice. I love Vanilla Ice. <laughs> Coming up. Eminem, Mac Miller, you know what I mean? Like these are necessities. White people should be able to rap and express themselves through hip hop. Everybody should. But when you're talking about who or who runs the record labels, who sets the agenda? Who are the heads of these record labels? Who are the VPs? Who are the who who's in control of this? Is this a black art form that makes sure that the money resources that are allocated and made from this art form are contributed back to the 10 states where we're highly densely populated where our highly densely populated communities are chicago new york florida louisiana texas california i mean outside of that you know what i mean it's like where are niggas at you got a couple niggas in different places you know you got south carolina North Carolina, but you know what i mean so that's what I'm talking about when I say so back to the beginning what's happening people is that hip hop because it's the most powerful thing they can't let it just be black it has to be something that gay people little Nas X immigrants um you can see the heavily um importation of the European the black European rappers what's up I got my guns on in, in a block 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 in a pump 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 you know what I'm saying they're coming over the Dominicans, the Mexicans, everybody is coming on this hip hop train. But one thing that they're not doing is having any connection to the slavery. They have no connection to where hip hop, the roots are. And we're the only people that let that happen. You can't go messing around in Latin music and play with it and not be connected to the roots. They're going to test you. Do you know who Machata is? And do you know who? You know, all the great Latin singers are. And are you familiar with this culture? Can you speak Mexican? I'm sorry. Can you speak Latin, Spanish? Like, don't just tell me you're just coming out with records to pillage. But that's what we do. We let people just pillage and we don't centralize. So, again, like I said, so now you got when you so when people you hear people saying for the culture, this is for the culture. This is for the culture. It feels like they're saying this is for black culture. Because they're saying, you know, they mean, you know, they're saying it's for hip hop culture, but hip hop is not black. It's being replaced. Black is slavery. Black is what's up, my nigga. And we can only say nigga. Black is fuck the police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it bad because I'm brown and not the color of the. And now oh, yeah, I'm saying that that's this. This is something that's ours. So they had to with it being the most powerful not only voice, but in, but product. One of the main things that America sells across the world is hip-hop music. It's one of the main Americana. America is always looking how to sell Americana, which is the way Americans do things. Hip-hop is the number one vessel for Americana. But we can't have it be just black. We can't have it tied to the revolution and slaves and getting right for black people and reparations and 
you know what I mean, Jim Crow and fight the powers that be. We can't do that. We have to push it into this multicultural, democratic, transgender class, this, this, this umbrella where everybody can use it and everybody can control it. Everybody can suck the life out of it until there's no more life. And then we'll move on to the next thing. And the only way we're able to do this is because your Vanguard allows it. Your Chuck D's, your KRS-1s, your Puffies, your Jay-Z's, your Dr. Dre's. Yeah, your Ice T's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your Master P's. Yeah, your J Prince's. Yeah, your Wayne's, your Drake's. The people who run the game are the ones who let us in. Snoop, Martha Stewart. Yeah, yeah, let us. Yeah, yeah. That's why we can do it. I'm sure the next generation wouldn't like us to have our hands on hip hop like this, but it's your, your, your leaders, the, the guys in their thirties, their forties. They're just trying to get a check and live comfortably. They're not worried about the future. So, like I said, be aware that hip hop is now. So when you hear people, there is no black culture in America anymore. When you talk about black culture, then you're going to be a hater because you're going to be bringing up how police, um, brutality or police violence has nothing like gang violence. You're going to be bringing up real situations that are tied to that old Negro way. Why are you bringing that up, Simba? Well, gang violence is the number one issue to me because if we're a minority, we can't be knocking off our numbers like that. If a black man kills another black man, one goes to jail, one goes to the to the to the uh, graveyard. We can't do this, and then we can't promote that culture to the next generation, so they kill each other by the time they're. T- we can't. We got to get on this, Simba. Why are you talking about that, nigga? Because I'm connected to my ancestors. My ancestors did not like to see us get harmed. We did not fight racism because it was cool. We didn't fight slavery because it was cool. We didn't fight antebellum times, Jim Crow, lynching, and all this stuff because it was the cool thing to do on TV. We didn't like to see another black man hanged. That hurt my soul. That's my brother, even if that ain't my brother. We didn't like to see a black girl lynched or raped. That's my sister, even if that ain't my sister. So to to think that 30, 40, 50 years later, we got demons talking about how they kill each other. And it's no so that's me connected to the old oh nigga what are you talking about we black lives matter but that's hip-hop though black lives matter is a multicultural hip-hop thing yeah that's what we on you mean to tell me a white guy named donald trump who we said in hip-hop since hip-hop was born since hip-hop came out of our mouths we've associated donald trump with how we want to get money and how we like to move around in america you mean that guy wins the presidency and hip-hop turns against them for Hillary and Joe Biden? Because why? Well, because he grabbed his dick and he said, bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks lick on these nuts and suck the dick. Yeah, but... Yeah. Yeah, but that's what we say in hip-hop. That, 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 that's what we say in hip-hop. What the... What, I don't understand. What I don't, I don't get it. He's, you, you know he said he grabbed Come on man what are we doing here But that's hip hop Hip hop is Joe Biden Hip hop is Hillary Clinton Hip hop is alright do the right thing Hip hop is street niggas portraying Like they're good guys Meanwhile Making sure that havoc and destruction And demonic behavior is promoted And continuing in the black communities This is the new thing man You gotta look black 
being black is out. Being black gets us ostracized from all the, all, all these Jewish and white, white Anglo-Saxon and these, all these companies that want to give me money. All I got to do is look black and not be black. If I be black, then I get in trouble. I get kicked out of shit like the baby. And you say shit like, nigga, who's sucking dick in the parking lot? That's black chat. <laughs> See, that's what black people do. You speak from the heart and you ask questions about shit. That's being like your ancestors. We need you to look black. Just look it. You see the commercial about the, we see this new commercial they got. What is the commercial? And the nigga keeps going, ah, and his wife keeps popping up out of different places. And the nigga keeps screaming. I'm like, nigga, bitch ass nigga. Why you keep screaming? You scared ass nigga. Every time I turn around, a black man is being a hoe. He's dancing this big black. Who is this big black buff nigga that looks like an Asian dude that keeps dancing? Like he got the fanny pack, man. So while we got our big, gorilla looking black big lip motherfucking negroes like when i first saw the nigga you know the nigga that be dancing everywhere big muscular nigga he got dreadlocks chinese eyes and a fanny pack he looked threatening when you first seen him then nigga starts smiling and shit niggas they always want niggas grinning and shit you can't win if you don't grin they love the grinning nigga that's what paul mooney said rest in peace to paul mooney yeah nigga you you gotta grin if you grin then you then you you win Simba, you don't grin enough. You come in and your eyes are down. You ain't grinning, nigga. <laughs> so, yeah, the nigga grins and shit. But anyway, while, they're, while we're doing that, while our masculine men are cutting deals and proving that we're not threatening. Hey, man, Fat Joe said, I let anybody slap me. I just want to be a good nigga. Everything about the black man has to be, hey, I'm not going to hurt anybody. Will Smith can't slap nobody at the Oscars. Hey, that's too far. Meanwhile, White people are coming out with a movie called The Goddamn Northmen. Yeah, The Northmen where they're killing and they're fucking doing shit men do in order to carve out their fucking peace in the world. So that's why I say, hey, man, I don't know. I'm just going to. But So when you see me on my podcast, this is where I can get loose. I can talk and I can be free. I just feel good on my podcast. I can let it go. But you'll never see none of this shit on my Instagram anymore won't see it on facebook anymore you won't see it on twitter anymore you won't see it on youtube anymore nope if you want to hear me talk about how i really feel you got to come to the podcast buddy that's the only place i can be me everybody's podcast they say wild shit you you can't hold podcasts against people but they can do with them fucking posts what you post motherfucker will try to hold that against you if you listen to my podcast that means you're a fan of my you if you offer if you're here if you started the podcast and you're still listening at this point that means you're a fan you don't give a fuck what i said that means you like it yeah i'm saying so Ah, shout out to, yeah, black culture is being replaced with hip hop. So when you hear people say for the culture, for the culture, that means for the rainbow, for the immigrants, for the Chinese, for the Mexicans, for the, yeah, that does not mean for what you feel like, oh, for the culture. That means for Afro and Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and Nat Turner and black shit, black Panthers and leather jackets and the fist and the red, black and green. No, that's not what the culture means. The culture means the gay guy. Now the culture means the re, uh, what's the word? What's, What's the word that they do? Come on now. It's the word everybody uses. What is it called when they get in the hood and they do it good? When they make the hood look, look like nice and black people hate it. What is that called, you guys? Come on, callers. Help call in. Tell me what is that called? Not redevelopment. It's not redevelopment. Regentrification. Thank you to my call. Hey, man. See, that's what I'm saying. I love doing this shit, man. I love the fact that I have people that are out there that are participating. Regentrification. Thank you to my people out there in Memphis. 
I got people coming in the chat room. Man, uh, regentrification. Listen to you, black motherfuckers. You hate when white people come into black fucked up neighborhoods and make it look better. Ain't that why are you niggas trying to clean it up? Because it stinks like shit. And there's kids that want to play at a park. Don't you care? Niggas, boy, I tell you, they don't want you to do nothing right. Why are you trying to do that? Cuz, motherfucker. Mm. So anyway, thank everybody for listening to the podcast. Like I said, don't forget common sense is the greatest form of currency because that, my friend, can be used anywhere. We will see you guys next week. I'm out. I'm about to watch these playoffs. Hopefully the Wolves come back. Um, don't forget to click the link in the bio or the description. Get your Savoir Fair. We're coming out with new lines. I just dropped the new hats. I got the all-white jumpsuits coming with the joggers. We got phone cases. So just stay in tune. Like I say, everybody out there, I'm seeing that I got a lot more um listeners on the podcast. So make sure you click that link that's in the description. If you if you want to know about the other things that I do, like you say, what's his merchandise look like? Click the link. If you like something, go ahead and support. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, if you want to follow me on Instagram or Facebook, click the link. Come right in. Um, Patreon with the uncensored shit. We got a lot of things going on Patreon that people can't know about. I don't want people to know about what goes on in Patreon. Okay. I got a lot of fan only fans and it gets freaky. It gets crazy over there. That's where I go to just escape. You know what I mean? I'm a whole different person in, in, in Patreon. Which, yeah, coming to the whole experience, we're having fun. Like I said, I should pop up on a, I say that a lot. I want to stop saying that like I said. No, I didn't say it yet. I know you don't know, motherfucker. I ain't told you yet. But I'm going to be on a few podcasts here. White Table Talk, Say No More. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. And um, all my truckers, all my Lyft drivers, everybody out there going to work or coming home from work are going and coming from school, make sure you make your day your day, your way. That's what I want to say. Make sure you make your day your way. All right, I'm out of here. I'm fucking around.